ArcanusHoopas.com. It's the JM to DM show with John Meyer and Dane Moore. Basketball is back. We, we played a preseason game last night. The NBA opened its season. The Wolves, the Lakers, NBA TV, FSM Plus. Dane, what did you think about the game? It's over, John. The, the days of the Timberwolves being a little niche community where us basketball nerds like to just geek out on a bad Timberwolves team is over. We're in the national media. Everybody loves the Wolves. And so do we. It's good. It's uh, it's it's just different. This is it is the beginning of something very new and different. Absolutely. So the Wolves they win their first preseason game last night, 108-99 over the Los Angeles Lakers. And we're here to talk about some things we took away. Obviously, Dane and I were not naive enough to uh, totally buy into everything we're seeing. You know, it's preseason basketball. You don't want to put too much stock into it. Uh, but you can learn some things, I think. You can learn some things about the rotation, lineup combinations, style of play, uh, some different things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think let's start it out with a guy that I was really impressed with last night. He's a seasoned vet. He was um, a big-time free agent signing that a lot of people quibbled over, including you and I. <laughs> but Taj Gibson, I think... He he started last night at Power Forward next to Carl Anthony Towns. And I think um, we had talked about kind of believing that Gorgie Jang was going to be that starter. Taj is the starter in the first preseason game. And, and I thought he looked good in, in the starting lineup. What did you see? Well, yeah, I think that's just an interesting place to start is up to game time. We didn't even know who the starter was was going to be. And I mean, in today's NBA, it's not necessarily the most important thing in the world who the gets the arbitrary uh, notific- notice of being the the starter versus the bench player. I think Taj and Gorgie are going to play similar minutes over the course of the year, but um, Gibson did start, and I think the bigger takeaway I have rather than him starting is he just looked really good. Um, he is a little bit older in the sense of the NBA, but uh, you and I were talking. He, he, moves his, he moves his feet well on defense. On offense, he seems to uh, – be able to contribute in a scoring way too, outside of just like rebounding and screen setting. <laughs> Twitter was was laughing about the fact that Taj knocked down two corner threes last night. Was two for two from the three, and uh, he he had four total career NBA three pointers. Four for thirty five in his career prior to last night. So <laughs> I mean, I guess that's something he worked into his game. He they were corner threes that he. He stretched out a bit. He took another one with his foot on the line above the break that I believe he missed. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting that he's going to kind of float out to that area. I would assume that when Jang is in also, he'll kind of do that. There's got to be a little bit – there has to be more three-point shooting this year from the team wide, and the power forward position is a is a good place to get some of that stretch out there, some more spacing. So last night, Townsend and Taj Gibson hit – <laughs> there were five of five from deep and the Timberwolves hit six three pointers. So, um, you know, six of 20 Aaron, Aaron Brooks was one of six. Uh, he played 16 minutes. Tyus Jones played eight minutes, except Tyus got the first little stretch. Brooks played more of the, I don't want to call them garbage time minutes, but later in the game, fourth quarter minutes and stuff. They were kind of garbagey though, right? Like yeah, they, I mean, were, they were garbagey. Like we had kind of seen the game play out a little bit. It's not yeah. quite like the NFL preseason you know, like in week three, you'll see the starters play into the third quarter. But it was similar to that, I, I think. Jimmy Butler only played 12 minutes. But what a 
what I want to talk about is it's before getting into the three point shooting, that's going to be a topic all season long. And we saw last night the power forward and center for the Timberwolves are the, the guys <laughs> that are hitting the threes. Where they're going to have to find three point shooting. They just, they're going to have to. And Butler and Wiggins are going to have to hit a ton of threes. Jeff Teague's going to have to hit his catch and shoot threes. But that's not what I was thinking about last night. What I was thinking about, I'm just sitting there and it just, it just still is so cool to think like to see Jimmy Butler as a wolf <laughs> yeah. in the new uniforms, you know? I, yeah, man, he is, it, it just had the feeling like right away, like, I, I, what, I don't know what it even means to say this is his team, but like, didn't you just kind of? Oh, it's like, his team. Oh, it's his car. It's him and Carl's team. It's yeah, his and Carl's team. right. I it just it, he he I I was uh, I wrote the recap of the game for Canis Supus mm-hmm. and uh, and I was you know I was just talking about the you know the veterans of of past years. You got like Andre Miller, Tayshawn Prince, like a Dante Cunningham, like guys like that that were the previous vets. It's just it's cool to have the veteran leader now actually be good at basketball. And uh, it's, it's just, a, it, it's a different feel. And I think obviously we know we got a good one in Butler. It was so cool to, to watch him just the way he was talking to some of the young wolves. Like there was one point in the game, I think they had showed like a, something from the pregame and, or maybe it was at halftime and Butler was just talking to Wiggins and he had such a serious look on his face and Anders just sitting there shaking his head. I'm just like, <laughs> it, if you got, if you could like choose one wing, you know, to get into Andrew's ear, yeah. I'm not sure I, <laughs> I could pick a better one. Right. Just, just from a, the terms of like Jimmy Butler, people have to understand the, what he has come from and just the perseverance that man has in him. And uh, I just think that, to have him around Wiggins is, is unbelievable. And and one thing I just want to say about Andrew Wiggins is I thought his defense was awesome last night. I really did. I thought his off ball awareness was, was excellent. He had three steals. He just looked really engaged. You know, everyone criticizes him for his effort level. And I, I just thought he was in a lot of different places defensively. So we've talked about this over and over and over again, Dane, but maybe, you know, the lower usage Wiggins, you don't put so much pressure on him offensively. Now we can start to get that that elite wing defender or somewhere near that, you know, like or just an above average wing defender that we kind of thought coming out of Kansas. I think, yeah, it's we've always known that engagement, I think, directly correlates to better defense for Wiggins. That engagement is going to be more. Uh, he's going to have more be more engaged this season. Just, I think, with another year of being older, he's going to have that engagement because he's playing alongside Jimmy Butler for all the reasons you just stated. And he, he's just going to be a better defender than, than he was in the past. I don't think we know to what degree yet for sure. Um, But it's, that is going to help being around Butler. Also, I just think offensively I was was watching the game and it is just a different, a different feel uh, offensively where he is, uh, where he's placed on the, on the floor. And there's just going to be so much more space as we anticipated for him. And I just, I don't think it's like out of the question for Andrew Williams to shoot close to 40% from three this year. I, I think that that his catch and shoot looks are going to be pure and, and easy. I mean, relatively open. And, and that that's, that's what he does. That's what he does best as a shooter. And uh, Butler and Teague, especially too, are going to are just going to really create a, a ton of space for Wiggins. It's he's he's been put in the place to really make the leap this year. 
I think so too. I, I think a nickname I might start going with is Weak Side Wiggins because he's just <laughs> going to be over. He's going to be over there. There's going to be he's going to be on an island. His defender's going to be on an island. If you were watching some of the sets the Timberwolves were running last night, they run a, a high pick and roll. They go to the left, go to the right. They put Weak Wiggins on the weak side. That's going to be a nightmare. That's going to be that's going to be so tough for some of these these wings in the West. I'm excited for that. He's definitely got to hit his threes. So. Um, We'll keep an eye on that, certainly. So with Taj Gibson starting last night, Gorgie Jang, he he becomes the sixth man. Mm-hmm. What, what, do, what do we think about that? Well, I saw you tweeting during the game and you're I you kinda were, like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You liked it, and then you were also you're also like, ah, he looks a little tired and he just didn't he, play very well. He, he I mean no, I but, but all of, but all of a sudden he finished with 14 points and 12 rebounds. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Like, yeah. Classic Gorgie. The second yeah. you start saying something bad about Gorgie, he's like, oh, I had a double-double uh, <laughs> in 27 minutes. He's sneaky, man. He's sneaky. Uh, I, I stand by this, though. He did. He does look tired. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I exactly know what tired looks like, but it would make sense for him to be tired. He probably played more, more like real basketball games than anyone, uh, anyone during the year. I, I think... I would point to he started every game last year, I believe, and this is a different role that would make sense to to feel a little awkward there. And he did look a bit awkward at the beginning of the game. I I don't know exactly what to attribute that to, but there's gonna be there's gonna be a bit of a learning process for him and figuring out what this this new role is. We talked about uh, we've talked about a lot how um, him and Levine really kind of spearheaded a second unit of of scoring, uh, bringing scoring when Wiggins and Towns were off the floor. And what I'm kind of wondering is who is going to be that guy with Jang? Because we know Jang isn't on his own a scorer. Um, so so who who can he work with in the second unit to, you know, facilitate some offense? Is that Jamal Crawford? He didn't look very good last night. Obviously, that doesn't mean he's definitely not good or cooked or whatever. But it would be nice to see Jang get a little bit of synergy with a, another guy from the second unit. Yeah, maybe it's Tyus Jones. Uh, he, he played eight minutes last night. Um, Is he the backup? What are you snacking on there? <laughs> Just a little treat. A little treat. Um, <laughs> I I think Tyus Jones is the backup. I think he should be. I, I think, and we, we haven't recorded since media day, but we were, you know, we kind of had our little between players time uh, amongst the media members there to talk about uh, you know, whatever our, our, our takes and, and many people in that room seem to believe that Aaron Brooks will be the backup point guard. And that's just people asserting their opinion, but I, I was a little bit surprised really? by that. Yeah. I, I thought, um, you know, I disagreed with all those people. Well, you and I both did. We were both like, what? Uh, but uh-uh. it seemed, it seems that, you know, we went through this whole off season on almost up to the beginning of training camp without a third point guard that you would assume whoever was signed would be like a John Lucas. I would just get kind of plugged into the, the veteran role, the the back end, but Aaron Brooks, while he is a veteran, isn't theoretically completely cooked. I think he's 32 years old. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I don't know if him coming in third and only playing in the second half has to do with him being a, being uh, a veteran and not being very familiar, or if it has to do with, uh, Jones actually being the backup. Is that like a train in the background or something? <laughs> you know that is that is a train. Uh, shout I, out! To, I, shout out to trains. Yeah. <laughs> trains. That's um, the Tyus Jones train moving through Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> we love Tyus Jones. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, I like you said, Dane. There's a lot of a lot of chatter about uh, who's going to be the backup point guard. It's a hot topic right now before the season starts. Aaron Brooks had some nice pocket passes last night. He's a three point shooter. He's I fast. He is fast. He's fast. He's still fast. I think Tyus Jones is the better player, and he's 21 years old. So, but Tibbs, he might. <laughs> You know, he's he's got his timber bulls. He might lean towards the guy that he's more familiar with. Uh, who knows? I think it's just going to be a fluid situation. Jimmy Butler, like we said, he only played 12 minutes last night. He did bring the ball up a few different times. So he's he's got the point guard skills, obviously. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I don't think they're just going to go away from point Wiggins immediately. There's 148 million reasons why they're not just going to go away from that. Uh, they're not. So... It's it's going to be a thing where we can we can argue all day about who the backup point guard is. I think a lot of guys are going to be handling the rock, and I I don't know that it's that important uh, in the big scheme of things when we're you know talking about the things that we're concerned about or anything like that. But it is the minutes though. I, it is rather than the specific role. Sure. Is, I, I think we don't want to see Tyus relegated to a role in which he's getting he deserves minutes. Yeah, he de- he deserves minutes, and I personally would give him the minutes over Aaron Brooks. I think he's the better player, like I said, and he's got he's still got a good a high ceiling. There's I think there's a lot to Tyus that we don't know about yet. Um, that, but that's not to say that Aaron Brooks can't bring something too. I, I you know we he's we capable. He's capable. Yeah. It's it's not that it doesn't need to be binary. Both can be impactful players on the team. Uh, you know, we, we want them both to do well. It just, it would, it, it, it struck me as odd that, that Brooks would come in and instantly get that role. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. And there wasn't any indication that that's happening at this point. What are his strengths? I mean, it, it, he's not a like catch and shoot or he can't catch and shoot necessarily. Right. I mean, like, what is his, what is his, uh, I don't know. What are his skills? Do you want me to take this, John? I mean, I, I think the Brooks can, catch and shoot if you need him to. I mean, he's a three-point shooter at this point. Is he? Yeah, I think he's like a career 37% three-point okay. shooter. Like he's gonna he's he's capable of hitting threes. Like he he was one of six last night, but what he's gonna shoot. And so it's nice to have a guy that feels comfortable gunning. I think like a long time ago he hit like 200 threes and led the NBA with the Houston Rockets. I I don't even know if that was under Rick Adelman. That would be kind of funny, but <laughs> Brooks is fine, but let's let's screw that. Let's talk about the point guard that really matters. Right. Let's talk about the point guard that really matters because I thought, I mean, he looked good last night. Jeff Teague, he, he played 24 minutes. He finished with 11 points, nine assists, three rebounds, two steals. Really like him in the high pick and roll. Really like how he can attack the rim. He had a couple floaters, a couple scoop shots. That's stuff that obviously our former point guard struggled with. Um, yeah, was, I th- I think Jeff T. I think he's going to be good in this system. I keep warming up to him. If you missed the game, I thought the his very first possession that he used was was indicative to the difference between him and Rubio. It was uh, the ball was entered to Gibson in the post. Gibson, you know, backs down twice, doesn't get his defender to really move, and uh, Teague has lined himself up right above the break on the three point line. And his defender, Lonzo Ball, kind of 
creeps in on on Taj a little bit to help defend him in the post. Taj kicks out to, to kicks out to Teague. Uh, Lonzo Ball kind of weakly closes out on him, and there's there's a little bit of space, and Teague immediately notices that space and and shoots the three right right in Lonzo's uh, face because there's too much space, and and that's just different than Rubio. That's that's a, a spot where Rubio wouldn't have probably just pulled. Rubio was only shooting or rather making threes last year when he was open. Uh, 57 of his 60 made threes, Rubio that is, uh, were of the open variety, meaning a defender was uh, four or more feet away from him last year. You'll see you'll see Teague more willing to, to fire threes this year. While he didn't have a huge volume in Indiana or over the course of his career, um, it is it is more a part of his game, certainly, than what it was for Rubio. Yeah, another thing, I think Jim Pete, said on the telecast last night that Teague shoots like 59% from zero to three feet. That's a, it's a large difference. Um, <laughs> and, and this is not to say that, you know, Jeff Teague has skills. He, his strengths are, are not Ricky Rubio's strengths and same goes same the other way around. Ricky's strengths are strengths that are very hard to find in a point guard these days, but people want points. They want scoring. They want shooting. Jeff T gives you those things, and I, and I thought he looked good. And and I think, I think the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit with you guys is, I because I got it a little bit on Twitter last night is just that I don't I I hope that we can get away from this thing where like, and I know we're not it's not going to happen very quickly, but every time Jeff Teague does something good, we don't need to talk about, shit talk shit about Rubio. We don't need to say Rubio could have never done that or. It just you can set. Can we please separate the two? We understand their strengths and weaknesses, but it, it to me it's going to get a little bit annoying as we progress through the season and we're still comparing endlessly these two guys. It's fine; they're different players. Let's just enjoy Jeff Teague for what he is. We enjoyed Ricky for what he is. I know I'm on my soapbox right now, but I saw it a little bit last night, and I can already see myself just being like, "Well." This again? <laughs> no, I, I hear that. It, it What's hard, though, is it is going to be such a factor in what makes this team different. Is it's it's not it's not just how Teague and Rubio are different types of players. They change the entire way an offense is played. And so, so I yeah, let's let, let's talk about it without talking shit about Rubio. But let's acknowledge that this is really going to open up something new for Wiggins and Towns than they yeah. had. In their no previous. doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm with you. Let's talk about it like that. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about it endlessly about like, you know, Ricky could have never done that. It's just, that's not beneficial to me. I just, I just don't, I don't see how that's going to, going to help anybody. So, um, but it's going to come. I just like, I like the conversation to be framed in a specific point away like it's cool let's talk about the differences and benefits but we don't gotta we don't gotta talk junk about the spanish unicorn (laughs) who i still who i still love it's you know i've been seeing these jazz reporters like tweet out videos and pictures and it's like you can see how like they're just loving him right away and i'm like in a a sense you know i'm 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 happy to share the (laughs) you know like i'm glad a new fan base can kind of come to appreciate just like the it's just it's, totally. I feel like because I feel like the Wolves fans they appreciated Rubio, or you know, most of us did. But the rest of the NBA didn't really see that 
you know, they didn't see the the huge benefit of of you know the Spanish unicorn, Ricky. Exactly. Uh, so that is that is fun. I I, I think that's a really good point of. of I mean, a whole new fan base gets to experience. Right. So not everything is depressing. Um, <laughs> I think one thing that's going to be interesting as like Timberwolves fans, like kind of, we could kind of like get in our bubble of being like hyper-focused on just the Timberwolves, you know, and what, yeah. what what's going on here. Um, this season, we have a little more incentive to like broaden our horizons a little bit. And I think a lot of people who were Timberwolves fans are going to want to see what's going on with Rubio and, and checking out the jazz. And then additionally, <clears throat> The Timberwolves are theoretically going to be in the playoff hunt, and there's going to be some incentive to watch Denver Nuggets games, Blazers games, Jazz games, Clippers games, those teams that <clears throat> we're, we're competing with. This is going to be a good year to like better understand the NBA as a whole rather than just yep. what's going on in Minnesota. Oh, I'm with you there. I'm, 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 I'm not sure I'm going to buy League Pass because it's so shitty. <laughs> but and and I think I think I heard they it, the the price is up on it, which is just unbelievable, unbelievable for the product. I mean, if if your product doesn't get better, I don't see how you can increase the price. But let's just say, in theory, I was going to pick my five league pass teams. I think I, I mean it's I'd go Utah Jazz, I'd go Chicago Bulls because I want to keep up with Levine and Dunn, and I would go OKC. I think just watching Russell Westbrook, my favorite player to watch live. But also Paul George is one of my favorite players. And then they added Carmelo. They got Steven Adams. He's a Game of Thrones character. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not ready to say, like, the other teams. Who who do you guys like on League Pass, Dane? What, 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 who, who are you watching? I, I've oddly – this has always been a, a thing for me is, you know, with League Pass, it's yeah, – you got the the Clippers playing on the West Coast, so it's always kind of my going to bed. Like I turn on Clippers games because they're oh, playing. Oh God, Bill Simmons <laughs> would love you. I it, it just kind of works like timing wise, you know. Like I'm like all right, I'm I'm going to bed and I'll you know, watch a, a half of a Clippers game and and so I think it'll still be that way. I I think they've really I, I don't know if it's underrated, but they've certainly been dropped in their their perception. I think they're. Um, win total over under in Vegas is 43 and a half, which is five games worse than the Wolves uh, uh, with good reason. They, they lost Chris Paul, one of the best players in the NBA, but they did get a good bit back uh, in that deal for him. Uh, Pat Bev and Lou Williams. And if, if Blake Griffin is healthy and Danilo Gallinari are healthy, uh, yeah. that team is, that team's still good too. So I, I wouldn't just say the Wolves have for sure jumped uh the Clippers, and that, that's another team that is kind of in that conversation. So I always throw them out there. And the Cavs, man, the Cavs are just going to be really interesting. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what position anyone plays on that team. <laughs> like Derek Rose and Jose Calderon are the only point guards on that team, and I'm pretty sure they both suck. LeBron's their point guard. Yep, yeah, like, but don't kind of functionally you need a, a point guard in there like to kind of facilitate the offense? I know – I know LeBron is a great distributor, but there is like a point guard role on that team. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I suggested, yeah. I suggested to, to, to one of my friends that Calderon should be the starter. And I just got uh, eviscerated for that, but it, at least he could shoot. He's like, this is, a, this is a, this is a terrible compliment, but he's like Matthew Delavadova without the defense. Cause he could just shoot threes. Uh, I don't know. I think that cast seems to be fascinating this year. Everyone's just freaking out to to keep pace with with the Warriors and and the Cavs have certainly done their shakeup. 
I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell Deli you're you're talking trash. Um, no, that, that's a compliment to Deli. That's saying Deli's better than Calderon. And Deli's he, pretty. Deli's pretty. He's pretty good. I would not like to. When you watch him, he he kind of just he's so annoying to play against. Like if you if you play basketball at the gym, you would want to get in a fight with the guy like Deli. Because he's just he's he he's like he's full court pressing you, and you're like, Dude, what the heck? It's a pickup game. <laughs> it, like he he's just I really like the he's just annoying, and that's a good compliment. I think that's um, he just plays really hard. So, uh, well, the other team I there was another team that I was looking forward to watching. Um, oh, the Sixers. Oh yeah, I how we missed that. Yeah. Um, Ben Simmons, he's healthy. He's going to start on opening night. The Sixers are still relentlessly calling him a point guard, even though they have Markel Fultz, who is obviously probably a better point guard. Uh, what I don't deny Simmons is he, in a sense, is like Ricky Rubio. He's a very rare uh, – he has a very rare set of skills. He's a 6'10 point forward, um, not a great shooter, has a flair for the dramatic – and he's fun to watch. So I'm looking forward to the Sixers. Definitely. I want to see if they can make that jump. It's so about in today's NBA, rather than assigning these positions is about who you can guard. You know, it's Ben Simmons isn't a point guard because he's not going to be guarding point guards in my book. That's the way, you know, you know, I look at it. Uh, He may be facilitating offense, just like LeBron is facilitating offense in Cleveland. Yeah. But, LeBron is guarding a wing. Ben Simmons is going to be guarding a wing, you know? So it's, there, there's just, there's different ways uh, to look at it. So I, I guess I kind of understand them calling him a point guard, but he's certainly going to play alongside Markel Fultz. They're going sure. to make that work. Do you think those cross, cross matchups are difficult? Where I think you're... it's difficult to like the transition defense of that is different. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Particularly for like a younger team, right? Like I think, that that takes time to to get used to to get used to and, and and acclimate to so that yeah that certainly that certainly could be an issue so back to the wolves um i love it though we just went on an nba tangent this is <laughs> i want more we of are, this we are an nba podcast uh <laughs> Nemanja Bielica, he had his his little baby boy stefan Bielica, the other day here in minneapolis he he flew back from san diego um he has a little girl too. I think she might be like about two now. So congratulations to the Bielitsas. And <laughs> Belly played last night. Yeah. I was uh I was happy to see him out there. He had been recovering from his foot surgery. And I just it's you know, nothing it's it's not that he was outwardly like good, like you're like, wow, Belly was really good tonight. But I thought he did a little a lot of little small things. And I know Tibbs likes him a lot, but just Getting in the passing lanes, he's got long arms. He he seems to have a really good understanding of Tibbs' defense. And he shot three three-pointers. He didn't wait. We saw that all the time under Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell looked like he wanted to murder Belly when he would pass up threes. I I like I like his role on that what second that unit. Role, yeah, like I that's that's kind of what my I I just don't know where he's gonna fit in when we're talking about the real actual minutes and Tibbs kind of runs an eight man rotation. Like, is he going to be in that? He would, you would yeah. think of the 10 players who played, he might be one that falls victim out of the rotation. I don't think so. I think he definitely has some minutes 
you know, I think he's the backup four right now. I think he'll see some minutes at the three. If you really want to mess around and just go super small ball, I think he could possibly get some minutes at center. Um, I, I think he's going to, I think his minutes are pretty secure. So how, how many so how, are, how many minutes are they? I, I don't, I don't want to say he's going to play 20 minutes every night, but I, I think he's going to play 12 to 16 minutes every night. I think it could easily be one of those where he, he gets a shot in the first half. If he's playing well, he plays in the second half or he, or he doesn't, if he's not playing well, he doesn't play in the second half. Kind of one of those, if you, if you're showing me something tonight, you're going to play. Um, or maybe he doesn't play at all in the first half and you're looking for a shooting spark and you plug him in in the second half, kind of when you're deviating from the the normal rotation. I Personally, I would be okay if, you, if we're talking about an eight-man rotation if he's not in it because you can function the bigs position with Jane Gibson and Towns. That yeah. can work. Yep. And then if – and I think we – both know that Muhammad is going to be playing if you're going to be doing some of that small ball, which I don't think we saw any of last night and Muhammad sliding up to the four. I yeah. don't really know where the minutes for Bielitsa comes out. I don't mean that as like an indictment on Bielitsa. Like I don't think he can play in the league. I just given kind of the roster and a commitment to minutes to Jane Gibson and towns. I, I just wonder how it's going to work. Certainly injuries and stuff and that'll happen and he'll play. Yeah. But, um, that'll be interesting, I guess for me to just follow so I think to go off that point, I think Shabazz Mohammed, he's that microwave scorer off the bench. Last night, he scored 22 points to lead the game, six rebounds. He was 7 of 12 in 30 minutes. He looked really good, and people have been talking very positively about him in practice this week, players like Gibson and Butler. Uh, I think when we're talking about Belly's role, it is directly connected to Boz's role because Boz, he's a microwave scorer. We all know. If the microwave doesn't want to start, you put Belly in there. All right. So that's, three, that's so how I think. Like at the three, can we see Belly playing the three? That's another thing I don't. He did it a little bit last year. I, yeah, he's not a traditional three, but um, I think he's he's probably fine to go back to your point. Can he guard the other guy? Yeah. Uh, right. He's. I think he probably can. He slides his feet pretty well. He's got long arms. He's a versatile defender. Again, I think he knows Tibbs' system better than half the roster he seems to execute it um so yeah i think think his role i think he will have a a decent role i don't see him i certainly don't see him getting dmp'd right yeah i and i i don't think i I do either i i think things would need to kind of fall into him starting the season poorly to to get into that not really grasping onto any real role or like a definable skill um but I, yeah, also just with with Boz and I, you can't. It's hard to take away anything from but positives from him. He seems to have brought, by all accounts, a really positive uh, positive attitude. He's been the worker in training camp. That's one of the reports out of every day there. He's down to 218 pounds after I think he came into the league almost like 30 pounds heavier than that uh, not long ago. But this is all my way of giving him a bunch of compliments before uh, ripping on him. Uh, the defense is still going to be an issue with him, man. He is just, he is that defender who locks in on just his guy and, and he can, he'll get lost on a screen. He doesn't communicate. He doesn't see things. There's, there's a couple times when he's in there in the second quarter, again, when the game was normal and competitive that he, his defensive lapses led to literally dunks and wide open shots. He doesn't, he doesn't communicate and, and get defense. And that that's, what's going to hold him back from being 
a real impact NBA player because the offense is going to be there. He can score. We know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There are some there are some real lapses last night where he just you know he just he gets sucked into ball watching and he loses his guy back door and it leads to dunks and layups and we saw that a few times last night. So as good as he he was scoring, he's. Uh, scored 22 points, and, I, and I'm not a big believer in single game plus minus, but if we want to talk about it, he was a minus three. So right. you scored 22 points, so you're still negative. And I, I don't think that's us making like an assumption off of one preseason game, and preseason games are... No, this is a, this is four yes. years of four yes. years of watching the guy play. And just perpetuating it, because it looked the same as it did in prior years, his, his defense, that is. There's a reason the guy got the Vets minimum. He's not... A, <laughs> You know, he's not a complete yeah. player. He's he's a microwave scorer. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out. But I think he looked good. He looked engaged. He looked, like, focused. He was hungry. So, um, God, it's just frustrating, though, man. It's like he has the athleticism. He has the motor to be, like, like that. Those are, like, the archetypes of a really good defender. He just doesn't apply it to defense. I, it, I don't yeah. know, man. It, it, it's bothersome. And he probably never will. But... Uh, what, what else do we want to touch on? What else do we want to touch on? Like, did we, I'm trying to think of, like, let's talk uh, about China. They're, they're, they got on a plane right after the game. Okay. So China. yes, that's nuts. An hour ago, <laughs> my guy, uh, my which guy, is eight Kyle Racky, my guy, Kyle Racky tweeted that they had landed in Alaska oh to refuel. God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That God, that is just not a good thing from like a rest standpoint. If we're talking about Gorgie being tired, this the schedule of this preseason and training camp is just brutal for the Wolves. The, the next two games are going to be played Minnesota time at one a.m. and six a.m. I, <laughs> I that's that's so hard to do. Like wake waking up or staying up to play. Like what are, the, are do they try and stay on the same body clock? Do they? like set an alarm and go to the gym. I mean, I, they have people way smarter than me making these decisions, but I could just see that being really discombobulating as a basketball player. Kyle Racky five minutes ago on Twitter, 10 hours left. Wahoo. Oh my. Oh man. That is like 19 hours of flight time. That is just, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. I would have to take an Ambien and just pass out <laughs> for like 12 hours. So they're going to land on Monday after basically flying for over 24 <laughs> hours because they had to refuel. And then they have to, then they'll, I guess, have practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. They probably need a day just to recover from the jet lag. Uh, like it's going to be pretty bad. So, so is, it, is it Thursday night the game is, or is it Thursday morning at what? Because it's 1 a.m. What? Oh, I think, it's like a, I think it's at like 3 a.m. in the morning. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's... It's 1 a.m. Central Time. I know that. Somewhere. I know that, but I is that being early morning? Oh, <laughs> we should I, know don't, I don't know. I don't Go know. Go back, check us. But, we'll, get yeah. back. we'll get back to the two preseason games in China against the Warriors, and, and that's going to be good. That's going to be good for the team. The Timberwolves have a minority owner. I think his name's like uh, John Janger or something. Again... No fact checking here. It's t- it's ten oh two a.m. in Minneapolis. We we haven't even, I haven't even had a cup of coffee, um, <laughs> but that's good for the team. They have my, our minority owner, and and he, um, I know he's working to make the Timberwolves popular over there. So it's it's cool to to think that we could have 
you know, the Butler jerseys and the Towns jerseys over there and, and the people that just love the team like we do. So uh, it's good. It's good for just the, the international brands. But we've always been pretty good in that area. With we've, we've seemed to have a lot of good international players over the years. Yeah, I, I think to, to to the opponent specifically, the Warriors are just that's going to mean something to to the guy, especially the younger guys on the team. I think uh, the opportunity to play against Kevin Durant and Steph Curry is is a moment to kind of prove yourself. And even if it is a preseason game, I, I I've heard Shabazz in in interviews literally bring up his Warriors games like numerous times. Obviously he played well in those, but it's, it means something more to them to play the golden state warriors than it does to play the Denver nuggets. And while it, the Warriors are certainly going to be resting their players, players, players and players and uh, accentuate that it, it will be interesting to see them play two games against the Warriors. We'll get a, a lot of time defending a team that is the, definition of basketball in in 2017 so set your dvr uh for for later this week to or wake up really early or stay up late i don't really know how it's gonna work for me uh but but watch those games we're we are in the place where we're watching preseason basketball actually means something i wouldn't normally say that but we're gonna learn in every minute of these games something about the team because the team is so new um and i can bet that thibodeau is is believes the same thing. He He's learning, he's making his decisions about what the rotation is going to be, how this team is going to work by how they play in preseason and training camp. So my boy Andrew Wiggins, to change the topic. Boyfriend. He, boyfriend. No, he's not my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, he he looked bigger. He looked bigger last night, like stronger. Did he, he say he put on five pounds, right? No, I, I, I kind of recognize that, too. You would have thought it was more than five pounds. Well, but. he said five pounds, but you got to think it's pure muscle. That guy doesn't have any body fat. True. But I just thought he just – he looked – it was noticeable to me. He looked stronger. That's a really good thing. And I, I, I liked how, you know, at media day he said that rebounding was an area that he really wanted to develop in his game. And then I thought last night he actually was attacking the cop, like going for rebounds a little bit more than than usual. So – uh, while I don't agree that that's the area that he needs to really work on, uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a fallacy. Like the Timberwolves are a really good rebounding team. They have consistently beat teams on the boards. And then people want to say, why does it Wiggins grab six rebounds or whatever they want to say? It's, why do, I would rather he becomes a better playmaker. He can uh, defend more consistently. His off-ball awareness is better. I think there's different areas. His three ball goes to 38, 39, 40%, hopefully. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to comment on Wiggins a little bit because I think he brings that up because that is the only weakness he sees in his game. I I don't think in his mind. No, well, I I don't know. I mean, yes and no. I don't think he sees himself as a bad defender. Like, I I think he he would blame the the poor team defensive effectiveness on the, a team scheme rather than his own individual issues. I think he believes in his head that he can guard anybody. I think he believes that he is a great shooter, so he doesn't see improving his shots and shot quality as an issue. I think when he looks at it and he looks at the stat sheet, he's going, I'm not getting very many rebounds. That's something I could improve on. I think that is what his thought process is, and I realize you know, I'm thinking for Andrew Wiggins, which is which is dumb, but that 
that's where I think his logic in in saying I need to work on rebounding is because he doesn't see defense and shooting as as big of an issue as uh, some of us stat nerdy Wiggins uh, pessimists might. <laughs> he's a confident he's a confident guy, which I think in the NBA you you certainly have to be confident. Uh, if you don't, you're not going to be good. What's up, Anthony Bennett? Um, <laughs> sorry about that little parting shot, but. Still, speaking still of uh, bitter about uh, <laughs> getting him, <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta let that one go. Uh, sunk cost. Oh, uh, speaking of, of confidence, what how are you? Uh, what's your confidence level on uh, the Vikings today, John? I know you're about to head to the game. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the game. Uh, I've never lost a game at US Bank Stadium. I'm 4-0. Four, no. four, no. I've never lost the game. <laughs> yeah, hey, John personally. <laughs> He's got his... I, I'm very... I, I wear my Stefan Diggs jersey. It's like my Hell favorite yeah. player. Uh, I've never lost. I hope to be able five. I hope to say that I'm 5-0 and oh after today's game. I really... I want to see them... So a guy that hasn't really... This is a Vikings podcast now, by the way. A guy that really hasn't gotten off yet is Daniil Hunter. And I, I want to see him. I don't even know if he has a sack yet. I want to say he doesn't. Uh, so I'd like to see him really get over on Stafford and just tear up that tackle. Everson Griffin, he's been talking some trash to, uh, is it Greg Robinson, I think? The the Lions tackle. He's, yeah. saying, he, he's saying he can't block like he, he, he can't block it. He's lazy. He's lazy. I love it. I'm substantially worse at breaking down NFL defenses. (laughs) I don't have much to contribute, but John, you want to hear something that's going to make you mad at me? Uh, yes. Yes. I traded Stefan Diggs in fantasy this week Four. I traded him and Michael Crabtree for Antonio Brown. So I felt like I got a pretty good, a pretty good. I mean, Antonio Brown's about as good as it gets, you know, selling high on Diggs. Yeah. You know, sell, sell to, I sold him to the classic like Vikings fan in my league who would like <laughs> think Diggs is actually going to get 200 yards and two touchdowns every week. But Diggs is good. Diggs is good. But you know, what an idiot! You just traded the number one fantasy receiver. What an idiot! <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's probably you're kind of hedging your bet. You're kind of hedging your bet on Antonio Brown, but I, he's is might be the best receiver in the NFL. So yeah, it's going to be fun to see the the Vikings. Uh, play it, it's it's uh it's high times and uh in minnesota we got the, the twins playing tuesday night uh, yeah yeah it's playoff great. game maybe they'll be maybe we'll have that we'll have vikings packers and uh wolves home game with ricky rubio in town this october is gonna be the beginning of october we just lost so many listeners. we just we just lost so many listeners yeah. that hate football they're just like <laughs> <laughs> football really speaking people like football way more than basketball well, like, not, not our listeners, I don't think. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, well, this is essentially an ad. An ad I, for the Minnesota Vikings. Did, did I tell you guys the Twins are they're going to win the World Series? <laughs> I'm so not shocked that that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will. The they're going to win the World positivity. Series. They're going to win the World Series, dude. The magic is for real. I feel it. It's 1987 all over again. <laughs> Let's go. You know, I am not a Twins fan. John, I am oh, a Chicago God. Cubs fan. Oh. Yeah, so I'll, I'll see you. We'll go to we'll go to a World Series game at Target Field together. Uh, Twins versus Cubs. Cubs aren't going to World Series, dog. 
Well, you got better chance than the twins, dude. Defending <laughs> yeah. uh, Let me just live. Warriors. Let me just live my dream, okay? That the twins, <laughs> uh, worst to first, uh, yet again. Certainly worse. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's about it. I think that the Timberwolves are going to be pretty damn good this year. It was really fun to watch them get back on the court last night. Still can't believe Jimmy Butler's on the team. Uh, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be an exciting season, and there's there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, and we certainly appreciate you guys joining us for episode 11 here of the JM to DM show. And we're sorry if you don't like football or you don't really care about some of the things we talk about, but you know we're gonna do it anyways. And hopefully we gave you enough basketball uh, discussion, you know, to wet your whistle on a Sunday. Yeah, we'll be back to talk China um, after some of those games. With to wet your whistle, <laughs> isn't that a stupid <laughs> effort? <laughs> Let's talk to China. Let's talk about the the, uh, the politics in China and their economy and uh, all that. We've lost it. We're we're, we're yeah, we've lost it. So on that note, since we're saying stupid things like wet your whistle and talking about China, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again shortly for another episode. Cheers. Peace out.